0: Alright, right, First John chapter, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to read uh, chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. But first, it's right there, First John, John chapter 3, the last two verses of it, 23 and 24. Let's read that first. First John 3, 23 and 24. <clears throat> and this is the commandment, that, uh, uh, this is His commandment. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of, the, of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. This is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as He gave us commandment. What's His command? Oh, yeah. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and love one another. <coughs> that's, what he, that's all He asks of us. I mean, that's His number one plea. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us now first John four one through six remember these chapters and verses and all you know that's something that men put in there to and it's helpful but there's not but don't but don't let that break up the train of thought that's in the scriptures yeah. don't don't just Say, well, another chapter, change gears, forget what you just read and start something new. No, no, it's a continuation. Beloved, believe not every spirit. How do we know that He abides in us? By the Spirit which He's given us. But don't believe every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world Hereby I know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, the one that says Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. Hmm. Wherefore? Whereof? I'm sorry. I can't hardly see. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in is it in the world? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God; he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The book of 1 John will just, I mean, it'll straighten you out if you'll read it and study it and believe it as the Word of God. It'll get you cleared up on all this confusion and nonsense about the gospel. All right, now, he said, believe not every spirit. Well, because there are spirits pretending to be the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? What would the devil do? What would another spirit do besides try to imitate the Holy Spirit? Try to deceive us into thinking that it's him talking instead of, you know, try to make us think we're hearing the Holy Spirit when we're not. We're hearing another spirit. That's why you better try the Spirit. Believe not every spirit, beloved, believe not every spirit. Because there are spirits pretending to be the Holy Spirit. They speak to your mind directly or they can speak to you through some other person who is under their influence. That's what happens most of the time. We hear something from somebody else and we just take it. We just take it and run with it. And where did it come from? You say, well, that came from them. Where'd they get it? Huh? Huh? that 's how it happens these these other spirits he's talking about speak to our mind directly, or they speak to us through some other person who's under their influence do you ever wonder how these cult leaders can get so many people to follow them? Yeah. How is it that people that the more weird you are seems like the easier it is to get people to follow you mm-hmm. that's just seems to be the way it is, isn't it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we are not to regard or trust or follow any counsel or knowledge, are you listening to me that it's coming from a spirit other than the Spirit of God? I just don't know how you can do it. Well you better figure it out, because that's what the Bible's telling us right here to do. And warning us about the danger of if we neglect this. We can see an example of what the Bible's warning us about with these spammers and thieves who are rampant now through the electronic media and the phone and all of that, just like what happened over there last week, you know. I mean, look at that. Just look at that. I'm saying that's an example for you of what the Bible's warning us about here in the spiritual realm. Same game, but much higher stakes. You see, somebody lose that much money and you think, oh my goodness, that's the worst thing No, The worst thing that can happen is you lose your soul. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Or you destroy your life and your family and your children because of something you received from some lying spirit mm-hmm. that was pretending to be God. And you believed it without looking. The difference is that the spirits of evil are much more clever and deceptive than those who are simply stealing money from other people. They are. So it's a matter of of most importance that we have discernment to identify the Spirit of God and the spirits of devils. It's been a great failing of the past few generations. This has been a thing they have not done. And it has been very costly... The failure to heed this warning right here that we just read in the Word of God has allowed the churches to be filled with spiritual blindness and evil and confusion. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's exactly what has happened. People have not questioned anything. They've followed men. They've just followed ideas and philosophies and plans and schemes and success stories. And none of it was from God. It was right from the devil. Spirits of devils. The Holy Spirit will tell you certain things. The Holy Spirit will do things to work in your life certain ways. But not like everybody thinks, you know, and like everybody's practicing and like everybody has believed. I'm amazed. When I here yeah, there's Baptist Christians that we know in this area that go to Baptist churches and they believe all kinds of things like they put essential oils they put them on them before they pray so they can get their frequencies right and get closer to God Are you gonna tell me that's the Holy Spirit taught them that that's pure witchcraft and sorcery that didn't come from the Holy One That came from the unholy one. But it sounded good the way it was presented. It sounded good enough to an unquestioning, undoubting soul just swallowed it. Hook, line, and sinker. Truth is the foundation of counterfeits. Do you ever think about that? The counterfeiter studies the genuine diligently in order to make his worthless copy. Think about it. A guy that's going to make counterfeit money. What is his pattern? Does he make one up out of his own mind? No, he gets a real $100 bill and looks over it with a microscope. And he he studies and learns everything he can about that $100 bill so that he can make one that looks as close to it as he can. You listening to me? This is the way the devil works. This is the way these lying spirits, these pretending spirits, deceive us. His success depends on how close he can make it to looking and feeling like the real thing. Does that scare you a little bit? It ought to. It ought to cause you to be alarmed a little bit. It ought to cause you to sit up and pay attention. To what you're listening to and hearing from everywhere, from the world, from spiritual, supposed spiritual people who are instructing. Who do you take counsel from? Who do you listen to? You better be very careful. Who's speaking to you? Is it the Holy Spirit of God? Or is it the devil? Second hand? Or third hand? Or is it directly from the devil himself? Second or third hand is as bad as from the devil himself. Remember that. The object is to get people to accept His counterfeit without question. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. His object is to get you to accept His imitation. Of God's word, his imitation of of some truth of God, his imitation of some emotion that you think the Holy Spirit makes you feel. You know, most people that's where they as far as they go. around. They think if if it's spiritual, man, it's emotional. They think emotional is spiritual. What well, ain't true? That is not true. Mm-mm. Not at all. It's the it is the easiest place for you to get deceived yes. about truth is when you're emotional. Yeah, that's right. That's why working you all up into an emotional frenzy, and then slipping the truth to them is a I, <laughs> the devil is in that. I guarantee you, much more than God is in that. God don't do things that way. The Spirit of God doesn't do that. His goal is to keep you from stopping to notice or question it. Get it? That's what his goal is. When they're passing a counterfeit bill, do they hand it to you nervous and like? <laughs> no, they'll talk to you while they're handing it to you and get you distracted, and so you won't look, so you won't look close. You know how you go in Walmart now and they always hold. If you give them a hundred dollar bill, they hold it up there and look. <laughs> Well, how hard is it to put that strip in there if they're just going to look at it with their eyeball? It would be very easy to fool somebody like that. But see, they they, had, they 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 squelched their worries by looking at it. And those Walmart checkers, I mean, they just they got to do that because that's what they're told to do. And if they don't do that, they get fired or something. Are they really checking to see if that's real or not? No. Have them markers mark on them. It's just a pretense of security. It's not really real. People do the same thing with spiritual things. They listen to everything in the world. All this. I'm telling you, 99% of it is the devil and lies trying to get in. And nobody checks anything out. They just get all excited and and interested and fascinated by all kinds of nonsense and kookiness that is that is presented as spiritual. You know, where did I, after all these thousands of years? How come now we've got all these Bible codes and secrets that they've discovered hidden in the pages of the Bible? And you think? God is opening that up for us here in these last days so we can understand the things that's always been hidden or in this book. But numbers and things like that, you can add them backwards and do all this kind of stuff and divide them. And it's kind of like them stupid things that they pass around, you know, about add your age to the year you were born and then subtract it, you know. And it's dumb. I mean, anybody can look at that and say, it's going to come out the same way every time for everybody. But nobody, all I ever see is somebody saying, Wow! I can't believe it. How does that work? What's the secret? The secret is you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, you're not paying attention. You're not alert. You're you're just you're a you're just like a a, a a little animal that you can just lead with crumbs. You ain't looking up. You ain't looking nowhere. You're just looking for the next crumb, and when they throw something at you, you grab it. And that's the way most of Christianity is now. Professing Christianity. They don't study. They don't read their Bible. They have no spiritual discernment at all. They're wide open to any kind of deceit that the devil wants to throw at them. And here the Bible's telling us, plain out, beloved, believe not every spirit. Check them out. Try the spirits to see if they be of God. You ought to know God through His Word. And you ought to be able to recognize when something is presented to you from some other person, from some, something on TV or radio or a book even, that that's not of God. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Well, so in order to keep from being sold a spiritual counterfeit, we've got to stop and pay attention. We've got to stop and take notice. We've got to stop and examine the matter closely. And we've got to ask questions. It's all right to ask questions. I've been told you shouldn't ask questions. I said, no, 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 no. Don't tell me that you're not supposed to ask questions. Mm-hmm. If you're in the truth, why are you afraid of people asking questions? Exactly. The counterfeiter, well, God has given His Spirit. Let me start again because I want to emphasize this just how it needs to be emphasized. Now, God has given His Spirit to those who have truly believed in Christ and have been born again in this age. In this age, this is the, a- the church age, this is the, uh, the, you know, this dispensation, if you don't call it that. It's, we, he gives His Spirit to the, the born-again people, His children. His Spirit dwells in us. It is a spiritual thing like we talked about last week, you see. Now the Holy Spirit of God is certainly speaking and communicating with people in this world now. He does with you, if you're born again. And the Spirit of God is in you. And if the Spirit of Christ, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Mm -hmm. So if you're a child of God, if you're saved. If you're born again, if you're regenerated, if you belong to Him, if you're going to heaven when you die, you have the Spirit of God in you. He is certainly working in the lives of His people. And we talked about that last week. And also working to lift up Christ through His people now. So, there is spiritual work. There is spiritual things going on. There's spiritual... uh, there's the spiritual that we are to listen to. Yep. We're not to ignore everything spiritual because there's so many liars out there. You can't tell who's telling the truth. No! We've got to learn to recognize His voice. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. That's right. And I know them. And they follow me. And the voice of a stranger, they will not hear. Now, what about that? Where are we at? Think this is an important matter? Yes, sir. It's it's life and death. Spiritual life and death. It matters very much. So not everything we see or hear is from a spirit of a devil. God is speaking and teaching and leading His people now. Amen. If you're not led by the Spirit of God... You're not a son of God. I mean, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, God has His people who are filled with His Spirit and who are led by His Spirit, who are speaking truth and wisdom from God. So not everyone is to be ignored or doubted. You better remember that. And I want to stress that. It's not that the whole world's a garbage dump and there ain't nothing to be had. Yes, there is. You just gotta know how to tell the difference, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean you guys living in the country and you're picking stuff and eating it out of the woods and all of that, and using it for medicine and everything else you better know what you're i mean you better know what you're getting there's a we know a young woman that here recently she picked a bunch of pokeberries and made jelly out of them oh, yes. and uh, but good. somebody caught her and said I, I, I don't you don't eat that." You know, you need eat the poke grain, but don't eat, that's poison. Yeah. Well, it was pretty, looked good. Oh. I mean, it's like the fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was, boy, it sure did, it was pleasant to look at for the eyes and all of that. But, but it was poison. You just got to know how to tell the difference. Yep. There's good stuff to be had. Yes. Do you know how to cull out the garbage? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to tell the counterfeit? There's things that look like your morale mushrooms, you know. Everybody big on that in the spring and everything. But but I've heard of people dying from eating mushrooms because they couldn't tell the difference between what was good and what would kill you. Yeah. The stakes are too much, too much higher here. Yeah. Do you realize? Right. We're not talking about just inconvenience or sadness or poverty. We're talking about spiritual... Life or death. And not just for ourselves, but everybody else that's in our under our umbrella. Everybody else that we influence. It's going to matter to them too. What we do. What we believe. What we accept. And what we swallow. God has His people. But many false prophets are going out into the world. That warning was given a long time ago. Therefore, the devil's hard at work trying to imitate the voice and the work of the Holy Spirit. And his goal is the same as that counterfeiter, is to get us to accept something that is not real without even stopping to check it out. And I'll guarantee you from where I'm sitting right now, standing, I can tell you in my life, in the past 45 years and all I've known about church people and church services and church work, most people do not even check it out. They're wide open to that right there. They don't ever question anything. They just believe whatever you ever sit in church and heard people amen something a preacher said that was just totally bananas? Yes. You think, what in the world is the matter with you? That, have you ever heard people amen one thing and then turn right around and amen just the opposite thing? Two contradictory statements, two contradictory truths put out there and amen both of them. There's good with everything they just happy they just love everybody and everything and don't ever question anything being a Christian is about just being happy and kind and nothing means anything just you know it's all good just we'll just shout and, and praise God and have a good time and that's we're good you can just have lies from the pulpit you can have immorality from the pulpit you can have everything and then just mix it all up and we just keep it going like nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. But I've been in it long enough to see what happens. After two, three generations of that nonsense, you got a, a whole generation of reprobates. Yes, you do. They think they're saved and on their way to heaven and they're living like the bottom of hell. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah. And it's true because I've seen it. Yes, sir. It's the truth that is what matters. Amen. <sighs> You know, the merchant who accepts the counterfeit bill as payment for his merchandise, what happens to him? He loses. He gave away his stuff and he don't get nothing for it. He lost it. Who gained? The counterfeiter. He got it for nothing. Well... Likewise, a person that accepts a lie disguised as the truth of God has suffered great loss. You ought to weep and cry for the people who believe the lies and the false doctrines and the, and the junk that's led them to a life of deception. For the sinner, it might be the loss of his soul. For the child of God, it might be his reward in heaven. You ever read about the judgment seat of Christ and how the, you know, if any man's works abide, well, he'll receive a reward. But if his, the works that burn up, it says he shall suffer loss. What does that mean? You think as long as we get to heaven, it'll all be okay. Well, what about that? Suffer loss. Well, it could be in this life also. You believe the wrong things and how many families do I know whose children have went to the devil because of where they decided they was going to go to church and how they were going to live and who they were going to follow and what doctrines and what uh, standards they were going to believe. Mm-hmm. That's right. So again, the important thing about this matter is that we be able to discern between the Spirit of God and the spirits of devils. Everything is at stake. And it's a very real and great danger to our soul and our life, as well as the souls and lives of those we influence. So here, we're given the defining mark that identifies whether the spirit is of God or is not. So I'm not just going to tell you well you need to know how to tell the difference, and then not going to tell you how to tell the difference, because the Bible tells us here exactly how to tell the difference. Are y'all listening? Yes. yes. First John chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Simple. Very straightforward. No filler there. No rabbits to chase. I mean, it's just very simple. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, already, is it in the world. Well now, let me tell you something. That doesn't mean that a person says these words or agrees to this statement and, and, and and that makes it what it is. The truth contained here is much more profound than just a mental assent or verbal agreement that Jesus was the Son of God. You hear me now? Oh, well, I believe that Jesus has come in the flesh. Or, or, you know, I don't believe Jesus has come in the flesh. That's how you tell the difference? No, it's much more profound than that. First of all, these are not statements of men, but of spirits. Did you get that? Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ. Didn't say everybody. Says every spirit. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They don't have to deny it. They just won't confess it. Spirit. Not people. Spirits. Spirits. He's not talking about what men say here, but what spirits are saying. So I don't know if I can get you to understand what I'm getting at here, but it's not just what we hear from people, it's what we hear from spirits. Now what did we say in the beginning? How do you hear from spirits? Directly to your own mind or through somebody else. So that covers it, see. I I don't know if I've made that understandable enough or not. He's not talking about what men say, but what the spirits are saying. We can determine what the spirits are saying by paying attention to what the prevailing views of the people are. In a church, in a country, in a family, you can tell what the spirits are saying. Look at our world. What What spiritual powers are at work? Who... What spirits are people listening to? Right. You know, there's no gender anymore. There's no, uh, you know, no no dividing lines anywhere. That's not God. God's orderly. God his his divine order is very precise. God created everything, set it in its order, and everything reproduces after its kind, and and everything works just like God. Meant for it to work. Except for men who listen to spirits of devils thinking they're spirits of God. Well, I was, I was, who was listening to me the other day when I was reading to you about the queer hymn book that the Methodist church has now? Gave the number of... It was David Cloud's deal he sent out the other day. Did you all see that? <laughs> yeah, queer song book. Hymn book. Celebrating that and... say. So- the Spirit of God did not tell those people that. No. They think He did. They're so deceived that they think that God is, is inclusive and, and we, you know that they're more like God because they're so inclusive and they just, just ignore all the sin and disorder and abomination to God. They don't have a Bible to start with. They have other books they go by. They call it the Bible. Now, we can determine what the spirits are saying by paying attention to what the prevailing views of the people are. You go to a church. there's spirits in churches. I've been in a lot of churches. And I can tell you, walking in the door, I, can, I get a sense pretty quick of it. I've been in churches where there is the spirit of fornication. Oh, Oh, mercy. Yes. I've been in churches where there are other spirits at work. Just spirits of confusion. and Well, I could go on and on. But there's a reigning spirit in there. I've been in other churches where the Holy Spirit of God reigns. Mm -hmm. You can tell it. You can tell it as soon as you're in the place. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Uh, the prevailing views of the people will be the result of the spirits they are listening to. Uh, think about it. Spirit of God will affirm the humanity of Christ without denying His deity. Please listen to me carefully on this. The Holy Spirit of God will affirm the humanity of Christ without denying His deity. It's like the Trinity. Anna's showing me a book here, a Sunday school book for little bitty kids here trying to explain the Trinity to them. And I said, what in the world? Whose idea was that? Trying to explain the Trinity to little bitty three and four year old children? Come on! How many of you understand it enough to explain it and verbalize it and articulate how the Trinity, how it is? I don't think so. It's that way with the humanity and the deity of Christ. Yeah. You've heard it said He was 100% human and He was 100% God. That's about how it is. I don't know how you can put it any plainer than that. Right. But if but there's issues here that we got to look at. He was God made flesh. Yeah. Now that is what the Bible says. Doesn't matter what men's doctrines say or what somebody's imagination says or somebody's reasoning says they can't figure this out. He was God, He was, the Word was made flesh, capital W, that's Him, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father. He left his high state. He left his high state in heaven to come down here to become a man and live on this earth in a body of flesh just like you and I have. He he made himself subject to all that every person who ever lived has been subject to. Temptation, pain, sorrow, grief, suffering, ridicule. There's nothing you can name that Jesus was not made subject to. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. That's the Bible. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 through 18. Listen closely to this. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Same flesh, same blood. Now that's what it says. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. How could he die? God can't die unless he's a man. Unless he's flesh just like us. Mm -hmm. But he came to do that so that through death He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them through, who through fear of death were at all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily, truly, He took not on Him the nature of angels. No, He was made a, a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He became a man. The of all of this, for he verily he took on not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. What is that? As man, he's the son of man, and he's the son of God. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. In all things that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. That is the humanity of Christ. That is Christ being made flesh. That's what he says is the, how you tell the difference between the Spirit of God and the spirits of devils. The spirit of error right there. did he become a man? Everybody would say, "Well, yeah, but you know there's people that ever since back then, the Gnostics and a bunch of them, they, they denied it. They said, well, he, it, he appeared to be a man, but it wasn't really real. It was like a, it was like a you know uh yeah, sort of like that. It was just imaginary, just like it wasn't really real. He wasn't really, really a man. Then other people have, well, let me stick to my notes because I've got it laid out how I want to present it here. What, What do most people believe, really, about the humanity of Christ? The fact that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What do they really believe about that? Well, most people believe that Jesus Christ was different than all the rest of us and didn't sin because He was God. Well, if that's true, we're in a heap of trouble. Yes. The spirits of devils will take away from the humanity of Christ in some way or another by majoring on His deity. They don't confess His humanity, but they major on His deity. Right. Yeah, I'm giving you a load tonight. With such notions as Christ had the blood of God, and that is why he did not sin. Well, that is a direct attack and denial of the humanity of Christ. Have we just read there same flesh, same blood. There's no such thing. God is a spirit. John chapter 4, verse 24. Do spirits have blood? There's no such thing. Spirits don't interbreed with flesh. A lot of people believe that, Genesis chapter 6. They think that aliens, uh, well, some people think it's aliens, but angels came down and they, you know, had relations with women and giants were born. What a fantasy. What a... It's the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them to... Where do you get angels out of that? To as many as believed on his name, to them be, he gave power to become what? Sons, Sons of God. God. Sons of God have always been the children of God. Yes. The people of God. The people who really know God. Mm-hmm. Adam was the son of God. The Bible calls him the son of God. Sure. But not with a capital S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's only one who was the capital S. Son of God. The only begotten. Son of God. It's not. It's not. You know that all came from a thing way back there. That, and I ain't gonna go into that right now. I want to finish here so we can go home. But and I've got. I'm already overloading the whole wagon here. I'm sure. But, but that's a direct attack and denial on the humanity of Christ. Hebrews chapter two verse fourteen. We just read it. I'm gonna read it again. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. Now when the atonement for sin is made into a physical element, we have actually denied both Christ's deity and His humanity. Do you understand that? Can you get your mind around that? It's not an element. What... Let me just go on here. He gave His life. An atonement for sin. And God could not die unless He became a man. Right? Two statements connected. He gave His life an atonement for sin. We are reconciled to God through the death of His Son. That's right. How did He die? Well, He shed His blood. That's why. That's how. He could not have risen from the dead if He hadn't been God. But He couldn't die unless He was a man. Why is that so hard to understand? To me, that's simple. God became a man. We just read it. So He could die. And, uh, and abolish death. I tell you, if we'd all run and shout, there wouldn't be no controlling us if we could ever get our minds around what Christ did. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. But we're sidetracked with all of these other little cliches and sayings of men and things that spirits of devils have injected into the minds of people in the church through all these years and centuries. Yeah. And it's become dogma instead of truth. Do you believe the word of God or do you believe the dogma of men? Yeah. The clichés, the the little things that people have just turned into truths that are just nothing but clichés, right. word games of men. Jesus he Jesus was God manifest in the flesh for the purpose of revealing the heart and mind of God to the world. And go back to 1st of Hebrews, 2nd chapter of Hebrews. There it is right there. That's why He came. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that's what I came for. That's one of the, That's part of His coming. He's he manifested in the flesh for the purpose of revealing the heart and mind of God to the world and to make atonement for sin so that all men might be saved. Right. To 1st Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Are you listening? God was manifest in the flesh. In the flesh! Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit now. We're talking about Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, capital S, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Take about two months and think on that verse and take that apart and study it and meditate on it. Not all men will be saved. Because of the spirits of devils who deceive most of the world by distorting the humanity of the deity of, or the deity of Christ. Right. Yes. So what, how do you tell the spirits? How you tell the difference? I'm telling you right now. That's right. They're going to try to make you believe there was something else, something else special about Jesus except what He really, really did. Right. So you'll accept that and think it's the truth and you miss the gospel. Yes. It's the easiest way to deceive people about their sin and their true standing before God yeah. is just distort this truth. Jesus could command the wind and the waves because He was God. He could heal blind eyes because He was God. He was God. And he proved it. He displayed it. <laughs> the disciples said, What manner of man is this? That the wind and the waves obey his voice. What and Oh, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, Son of the living God. But they're amazed when he done something like that. It's never been known, never been on the earth, never been known that anyone that uh, born blind, had you know anybody opened the eyes? One born blind, but he did because he was God. Yes. Jesus overcame temptation and did not sin mm-hmm. by the word of God and the Spirit of God and prayer, which is exactly what we all have for our help. Yeah. That's right. Jesus did not overcome sin because He was God and was above being tempted. He was tempted in all points, just like as we are, yet without sin. And, and if you listen to that spirit who's saying, well, you know, He was God. Ain't no wonder He made it. I'm not God, you know. I don't have what He had. When this whole New Testament and, and, and the Old Testament is all against what you're believing And what that lying spirit is saying. We're to be like Him. And and boy, I've got some more verses to read. (laughs) Ain't never enough time. Uh, He didn't overcome sin with divine power that is not available to every one of us right now. Now that is key. Key! Important to us. To deny that truth is to deny the humanity of Christ. And it is the spirit of Antichrist that promotes the idea that we are sinners and cannot help it because we're human while Christ was God. Mm. Don't you see that? Mm. The spirit of God will never lead us to believe that we cannot overcome sin and the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Every time. That's the truth. <laughs> uh, that word of God's hard to deal with when it's just straight on, ain't it? It's truth! He'll never lead us to believe we can't overcome sin in the world or that we cannot be like Christ. Do you have a desire to be like Christ or you think you're just all you're ever going to be and that's it? Can't be no better than I am now because I'm just rotten and I'm filthy and my, all my righteousness is filthy rags and I'm just a sinner and I was born that way and I can't help it and I got this nature. And What is the matter? I'll tell you what's the matter. You don't know your Bible. You know this doctrine, but you don't know the Word of God. And you're listening to spirits that are not of God. John fourteen nineteen. Yet a little while. And the world seeth me no more. Jesus said, But ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. Remember what we said the other day about living? Because I live, ye shall live also. He didn't leave us in the gutter. He didn't just throw a, a token to us saying, Here's a ticket to heaven and leave us in the mess we were in. Did He save us? Well, if He saved us, He saved us to the uttermost. He didn't leave us in the mess we were in. No way. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Well, now what about that? And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. What was he talking about? What kind of works? Do we feed the multitudes? Do we heal the blind? Is that, was, is that what he's talking about? What was the greatest work of Christ? He overcame sin. And was therefore able to abolish death. Yeah. Amen. Yes, amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Who might be the firstborn among many brethren? Christ. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the firstborn of many brethren. He is the... There's another thing I wanted to say there. He's uh, He's our forerunner. What are we supposed to do? What does the disciple do? Follow him. To what? What's the purpose of the pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets and all that in the churches? What's the purpose of that? That we might come to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. That we might be made conformed to his image. Is that something going to happen in heaven when the trumpet blows That just all of a sudden this magical thing is going to happen and we're all going to be like him? Or is that something he does now while we're living here, reading his words? Discerning the Spirit and listening to the voice of His Spirit. You better believe that is. What is sanctification? There's some more here. Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. John chapter 17. This is not, give us this day our daily bread. No. Our Father which art in heaven. No, no, no. This is the Lord's Prayer. John 17 verse 17. It's just in the middle of it. This is not all of it, but listen what he says. Sanctify them through thy truth. He's praying for us. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify then us by what? The word of God. Thy word. As listen close to what Jesus says here and try to get. In his mind and heart, what he's saying. Try to see, have the mind of Christ here and see what his desire is. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself. What does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, what does that mean? What does it mean when Jesus increased in grace and in favor with God and man? What does that mean? Explain that to me. I can explain it in one word, or two or three words. He became flesh. He was made flesh. Uh, I'm not done reading here. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. He went before us. He blazed the trail before us. What does that mean? He became a man. He was a man. Just like us. And He defeated the devil with the Word of God and with the Spirit, by the Spirit of God and prayer. And He said, now you go and do the same. He's our forerunner. He set the course. He showed us the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Plain as day. That they all have... All right. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their words. You know that's me? That's you. He prayed for me in John chapter 17. There it is, plain as day. I believed on them through their word. I believed on Him through their word. He prayed for me right there. That they all may be one, as Thou, Father, art in me, and I in Thee, that they also may be one in us. To be included in that? I mean, in the inner circle of God Himself? That the world may believe that Thou hast sent me and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. And you want to tell me again how pitiful a Christian is and how they're, they're just so pitiful, and you know, we're just a bunch of uh, sinners. You don't tell me that again. I'm not uh, tooting our horn. I'm trying to show you what he's done, yes. and what the truth is. And how it's supposed to be. And yet how far off we are because we've listened to other voices. And we've not tried the spirits. The spirit of God will take us here. These other spirits will take us where everybody else is at that you see around you. One's the upward way, the other's the downward way. All right, and the glory God given in th- that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and Thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that Thou hast sent me. Well, now if that's just pie in the sky, by and by, how's the world going to know that that uh, God sent Him? If we ain't ever going to s- know that state. Until the sweet by and by. How's the world going to know? Jesus is praying that this will be this way. We'll be one with one another. And one with Him. And one with the Father. So that the world may know that God sent Him. And has loved them that Thou hast sent Me. And has loved them as Thou hast loved Me. He puts us right with Him. We're co laborers with Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. How much Bible do we have to hear? How much do we have to see and read out of it before we begin to understand this? (coughs) So the Spirit that confirms these things is the Spirit of God. And the spirits that deny or ignore or distort these truths is not of God. Now that's the way I understand it. And I believe that it's right. Any idea or notion that leads to these perceptions of Christ and His work of atonement for sin, and and the reconciliation of sinners to God, identify the spirit that it's coming from. I don't know if you stayed with me or not. Ideas, notions. You know what a notion is. We we must think and pay attention. And study the word of God, so that we're not misled by the many false prophets that are entered into the world. Where did the false prophets get their message, their information, their their truths that they preach? Where do they get it? From God? Nope. They they study closely what God says, so they can. Yes. They got to they got to know what you're expecting to hear, so they can get as close to it as they. Can so you'll just grab it and run with it, and not look. <laughs> Any of you ever put uh, hair cream on your toothbrush? You ever do anything like that? I mean, just grab something and and all and not pay attention, and then it's oh! look. <laughs> Boy, you don't want to do that with spiritual truth, truth about God, truth that matters so so majorly. you think I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but I'm not. It's what you think of Christ. He asked that question he said, what do people who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? It matters who you say Christ is. Who you think he is, what you think he came to do. there's so many shallow bland ideas and doctrines about what Christ did that it just blows my mind. You get in there and start digging and you start really studying with an honest heart about what Christ you'll stay there the rest of your life amazed at what Christ did. It wasn't no little deal. No. It wasn't just a little thing. It was everything that mattered. We're talking about God who created the universe that we can't even comprehend or even see it from where we're at. And this is the major thing. Creating the universe was nothing. You know what universe means? One word. That's it one word everything you see he created with his word by the word of God yes. in heavens now and, and this is bigger than all of that we, we're not getting it we're just not getting it like we need to get it. I'm nowhere near tonight here trying to so we got to think and pay attention and study the word of God so we're not misled we, we got to always question the spirits behind the ideas presented to us You've got to always question the ideas that are presented to us. The spirits behind those ideas. Where would a thought like that come from? Where would an idea like that come from? Did it come from the mind of Christ? Well, if you know Christ, you'll figure that out pretty quick. The alarms will go off pretty quick. If you don't know Christ, or if you've believed in a false Christ, another Jesus, then you're going to swallow Him not even going to be careful about it. We've got to always look for those identifying marks of the Spirit of Truth or the Spirit of Error. The Holy Spirit will always lead us in the way of true holiness with eternal life in view. If anything don't fit with that, you better check it out real close. The Spirit of Error will always lead us in the way of the flesh with a false view of holiness and a counterfeit notion of God, which will either be irreverent or it will be extremely focused on His attributes of sovereignty, power, foreknowledge, providence, etc. The Pharisees, for an example. Jesus said they were full of dead men's bones. He called them vipers, children of the devil said they were, how can you escape the damnation of hell? But what did they say about God? What did they say about Moses? The Word of God. Everything. What did they? Oh, they made much of it. But it was as phony as a three dollar bill. So mark that. There, you, you know, it'll be irreverent or it'll be that way. Extreme. With no... Nothing real, no spirit to bear witness to it. All roads lead to somewhere, so you better be careful. You ever get on a road and end up in a bad place, like East Saint Louis? Yeah. Well you ever been led down a wrong road spiritually and figured out you're in the wrong place. Yes, sir. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God who comes to the rescue. To the real child of God. All spirits are trying to lead us. So be careful to make sure that it's the Spirit of God who's speaking and leading you. And not by how you feel about it right now. People go by their feelings. In spite of everything the Bible says, in spite of everything I've preached for so long, people go by their feelings. I just feel like, you know, they trust it in their heart. And the Bible says you're a fool if you do that. Your feelings are not the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth, not the Spirit of feelings and emotions and happiness. So, there's a witness between the people of God and, and it is the Spirit of God. I want to read this. It is the rest of our Scripture there, and then I'll quit here. Or John 4, 4 through 6. Ye are of God, little children, this is what came after what all we just talked about. And have overcome them. Who? These spirits. These false spirits. These lying spirits. These spirits of Antichrist. You've overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How'd you overcome? If you have overcome. How'd you overcome? Because greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. Who's in you? The Spirit of God. That's how we overcome. (laughs) He's the Spirit of truth. Jesus said when He's come, He'll lead you into all truth. And He referred to Him multiple times as the Spirit of truth. So, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, and he, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God, heareth not us. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. So, those who are led by the Spirit of God speak the same language, so to speak. Yes, sir. We can hear each other. We can communicate. If both of us have the Spirit of God in us, we can communicate. Yes, sir. I don't mean we're going to think the same about everything, because we both of us have had all kinds of different influences on our life. So, you know, and uh, you know, you like different foods, and you like that. Blah, there's lots of differences between us, but we still get along. Yeah, right. We still can communicate when it comes to the truth. All right, those who are not speak another language; they don't hear us. It said they're of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. They talk among themselves; they can communicate their stuff, but but we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. And hereby we know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So this is just another advantage that God has given us to try these spirits. You all understand what what the point is there. I've said this, you know, my family's heard this a lot, I'm sure, but Brother Owen told me something years ago and it's true. And it's that right there. He said, if I have a preacher in the church to preach, he said, I know the people in my church. I know the ones who are spiritual and the ones who are worldly-minded. And he said, if the worldly-minded people just perk up and, li- and they like him, that tells me something about him. He said, if, a, if the spiritual people in the church perk up and listen, that tells me something also because of that truth right there. The world hears the world's language. And it's spiritual. There's a spiritual transaction going on there. When I hear the truth from somebody else, there's, there's a confirmation of it in my soul by the Spirit of God. Or there is a, there's red flags. There's just a, di- a discomfort an uneasiness, uh, you know, trouble. Now, I've heard truth that upset everything. I mean, upset my whole wagon. But it was the truth. I was troubled. But I want the truth. Always have since I've been saved. I want the truth. And the Spirit of God confirmed what was said. Even though I... I had to do some rearranging and culling out stuff that I'd been taught, that I had accepted and embraced, no questions asked. When I went back, started asking questions, in here, it didn't fit. Y'all understand? <laughs> I ain't dropped an anchor nowhere excepting Jesus Christ and His righteousness, and what He done to atone for my sin, to make me a new creature, and what He's done to, with all the rest of the universe, that is, just, is beyond comprehension. Mm-mm-mm. I know. I sat down today, and I said, alright, now I'm not going to make no more than just a few notes and so I don't preach so long and I thought I only had part two and part of another page I thought that would work good I'm sorry if it's (laughs) burdensome to you but it's this how many more times have we got it's just more important than anything else in my life I don't care about anything else all this is much more important than that building out there. Yes, or yes. making a living. Yes. Or getting home and getting to bed. I hope you all will absorb some of this. I hope it will be something that will help you. Yes. That you will think about real clear. I hope it will just provoke you yes. to get in your Bible and start looking yes, what's yes. in there. The truth. I've never been sorry for finding more truth mm-hmm. understanding the truth better <clears throat> I've been sorry for being in the dark so long have yes. been sorry for being wrong so long I've got a lot of regrets of how things might have been so different if I had found out sooner What about you? Well, all I can say is praise the Lord and thank Him for His goodness. Father, thank You for the blessings of Your Word. (laughs) It's just frustrating to not be able to communicate it as clear as it needs to be. I say these things that go beyond what I'm able to express, and I know that it's not understood most of the time. Holy Spirit, please help us, help these folks here tonight, whoever else might listen to this message. I pray that you would open their understanding in these matters and help them, Lord, to see this this clear instruction from the Word of God and the truth that is so, it's just so blazingly obvious when we just open the scriptures and look as you told the Pharisees search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and there they would speak of me and they sure do oh my what how true that is Please bless the word to our heart tonight, now as we go home, watch over us, work in our hearts and homes and families, and help us, Lord, to be a living example of you here now in this world, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.